Huge news, guys. This is our first episode. We are doing a nice little read for our friends at Sideline Scout. That's right. This episode of The Diving Pod is brought to you by Sideline Scout. It is a video replay system, and it's the most important pool that, tool that we have in diving, and we're proud to be partners with the best in the business. Heath and I both have the easy-to-use Poolside Live from Sideline Scout. Um, I've been searching for a TiVo replacement for years, and it blows everything on the market out of the water. I've been using just a video replay app, and it only gives you one look at the dive. You're relying on the school's spotty Wi-Fi, so it's just been a nightmare for a couple of years. And now we're hooked up with Sideline Scout and Poolside Live. It lets you delay it to your custom time, uh, rewind, slow motion, and my favorite is the frame by frame. I can just pause it, go frame by frame, hone in on those super fine details. Again, one of the best parts is it doesn't rely on the school's spotty Wi-Fi. For me in the high school setting, that's been a huge issue for a long time. And uh, the wonderful people at Sideline Scout, have they've perfected the video replay system. Keith, do you have an example of how it helped out this week? Yeah, we, uh, we had a practice this week where one of my freshman girls was working on 105 on one meter. And she likes to, when she squats and starts her arm circle, she drops her chest and she never picks her chest back up. So forever, I've been telling her this. She's been a lessons diver for me for three years, now a college diver for me. And uh, we had our poolside live set up. And so I brought her over, showed her the frame by frame, like how you mentioned, and she was able to see it. And now she is standing up front one or front two and a half, which has been really nice because we've been working on it for like a year and a half. Awesome. So, so now we're going to actually jump into our guest for this week, and uh, she's going to introduce herself as well as the podcast. Awesome. Well, welcome to the Diving Pod. I'm Sam Pickens. I am a diver and a coach out of City of Midland, Texas, um, and I am a national team member and an Olympic trials finalist. And I'm Aaron Rooney. And I'm Heath Calhoun. Um, I am selfishly very excited for this episode because when I started diving, I was diving with Sam at Pitt Aquatics Club. Um, she had been diving for significantly longer than me, but um, why don't you tell our listeners just a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are now, Sam? Yeah, cool. Um, so I am born and raised in Pittsburgh and I started diving actually in a little bit of a weird, different way. I was a gymnast and also a swimmer. Um, but I loved flipping around. I was super flexible. I was pretty strong. And there was a program um, in my hometown where you could just try different sports. You can try sports. You can try different activities. And one of the activities was diving. So my mom came to me and she's like, do you want to try this, this diving program? And I was like, sure, why not? Um, so I went and I tried and I absolutely loved it. And there was actually a girl there that suggested that I try the diving team down at the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, with Doe and Julian Krug. So my mom took me down and the very first practice, I fell in love. I fell in love with the coaching staff, the entire program, and I just wanted to keep doing it. So ended up quitting gymnastics and swimming actually maybe a few months after that and just started diving full time. And I just, I've loved it ever since. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So I know that you were, uh, you were on the most recent world cup team. Uh, as well as a national champion for USA Diving, Senior Nationals, I believe that was 2014. Yep. Okay. And then, um, so yeah, really well, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so explain to our listeners 
how we get spots for the Olympics and then, you know, the World Cup itself and talk about competing at the World Cup and what that meant to you. Yeah, so um, obviously each country gets two individual spots and one synchro spot that you can vie for. Um, and you, you try to qualify these spots at the World Championships the year before the Olympic Games or the World Cup the year of the Olympic Games. Um, so the year before the Olympic Games, you have to be in the top 12 at the World Championships in the individual events um, or the top three in synchro. So uh, this World Cup that we were going to, we didn't have any of our individual spots for women's three meter or women's three meter synchro. So uh, actually, I wasn't, um, I didn't qualify to make the team originally. And about three days prior to leaving for the World Cup, our high performance director called me and said, hey, do you want to go to the World Cup as a as an alternate as a reserve diver? And I was like, wow, this is yeah, for sure. At first, obviously, there were so many emotions going on in my head, you know, you're calling me three days before the team leaves, and I get this huge opportunity to go and see the Olympic pool, Olympic venue, train in the Olympic pool with all these amazing athletes. I didn't know if I was going to get the chance to compete. So that was a little bit, um, you know, hard. Like, was I going to go there and just train? But in my mind, that was totally worth it. I, I was going to go and train amongst the best and see the Olympic pool. So um, when I got there, I started training and the other three meter individual athlete was dealing with an injury. So there was a good chance I was going to compete. And it was really great though, because I didn't really have time to kind of get my anxiety up or, you know, start to panic about, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm not only competing for myself, but I'm going to compete and try and get an Olympic spot for Team USA. That's insane. Um, but, you know, three days before the individual three meter competition, I got asked to, can you compete? Can you try and get this spot? And when you're at the World Cup the year before the Olympics, you have to be in the top 18. So, um, you know, going into the, the day before the competition, I was, I was pretty nervous. I was like, okay, all you have to do top 18. I had been training. I was super prepared. I knew I was prepared. I had been putting all the repetitions in. So going into it, I was like, okay, top 18, do your dives consistently and you'll be in the top 18. And, um, you know, that venue, that pool is absolutely incredible. So getting the opportunity to just compete and try and get Team USA an Olympic quota spot was just a huge honor. And after prelims, I was sitting in sixth place. So, you know, it was it was a pretty, pretty awesome feeling, not only individually, but that I had earned that spot for Team USA. That's really cool. What I, what I like best about that is your whole perspective on things. You know, you were excited to get the call of, Oh my gosh, sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll just go. I'd love to go train at the facility. I'd love to go be around these amazing divers. That's, that's exactly how Heath and I kind of think it's like, Hey, we just want to be around really good people and hopefully they elevate our game. And then, you know, to continue that same attitude of, Hey, maybe I'm going to get to compete. And then again, just keeping the positive vibes going and, and securing that spot for team USA. Like, I just, I love that perspective. I think that was really cool. Yeah, it was definitely just being around those athletes that are, you know, have the same mentality you do and are, are trying to do the same thing that you're trying to do. It, like you said, it elevates your game. And I think I, I used it and I 
used it to fuel my fire and I just stepped up and I was like, all right, I'm, I deserve to be here amongst all these people. So let's do it. Let's get in the top 18 and let's do this for team USA. That, that's awesome. You know, to ask one follow-up question, you know, you mentioned that because it was kind of so last minute, it almost didn't give you time to stress or have anxiety. Um, you know, my question is, is that something you struggle with when you lead up into big meets? And if so, how do you deal with that? Yeah, for sure. It's been one of my, one of the things that I've been working on probably the most for the past four years. Um, I knew all my dives were there and I had been doing my dives for quite some time, but it was working on the mental aspect and the, the, the aspect of competing and having all that pressure on you. So we've been doing a lot of exercises inside the pool, you know, just pressure situations where it's like, okay, Hey, you have to do a front three and a half for sevens, or, you know, you don't qualify on to the next round or, you know, very high pressure situations. And we've been doing that a lot for the past four years. So it's been really, really helpful. And I knew going into this world cup, I was like, okay, well, I've done all the pressure, high pressure situations three days prior to leaving for the world cup. That's another just high pressure situation that I can deal with. So, um, it's just something we've really been working on. And I think it definitely paid off when I got asked to go. That's wonderful. Um, just to kind of, to kind of segue, you know, what's the difference between competing individually and as a synchro team member, because you've had an outstanding career, Sam, over the last 12 years now, like of your senior, I mean, your senior career started when you were still a junior diver, really, but you know, what's that like, you know, how is it different? Is there a different mindset going into competitions when you're on a team versus individual? Um, I think a little bit, you know, for synchro, obviously you want to do the best individual dive, but also you're, you're working next to someone who's also trying to put their best effort in and together you want to, you want to make the best outcome. Whereas individual, you know, you're, completely by yourself up there you're like okay I have to do this hurdle exactly like I know how to do it without having someone next to you I think for me having someone next to me takes a little bit of the pressure off because you know you're there you have someone next to you that's trying to do the exact same thing and together it's kind of like a 50 50 so um I think synchro for me is a little bit less pressure but um almost like you want to do just as well, obviously you want to do just as well because you're, you're next to someone and they're trying their best to. So um, I think as far as the differences, I think that synchro is just a little bit more, a um, little bit less pressure. Wonderful. For sure. So one thing I've always been interested in is the mindset in a top level competition. I asked Andrew Capobianco almost the exact same question, but how do you practice for the top level international competitions, um, do you, you know, how do you develop your, your game phase? What do you do in practice to gear up for, you know, essentially the, the highest level that you'll ever compete at? What do you do differently to get ready for those ones? You know, I've, I've been working with the same coach now for about eight years. Um, the head coach here at city of Midland, his name is Omar Ojeda. And we have been working a lot on obviously these high pressure situations, but also, you know, a meet is a meet, a diving board is the exact same everywhere you go. The water is the exact same. It doesn't change. Um, so, you know, when you, when you're getting ready for those bigger competitions, Olympic trials and international meets, I think one of the biggest things that we've been working on is, you know, a diving board is a diving board. So, you know, I'll get up on at practice and 
my coach will be like, okay, switch boards. So then, all right, I have, you know, 25 minutes to switch boards, like get accumulated to different spots and different kind of things. But then after practice is over, my coach is like, okay, did the diving board change? Did anything change? And I'm like, no, not really. And it's kind of the same thing when you go to those, those big competitions is nothing really is different except for the amount of pressure that you're putting on yourself. And that's kind of something you can control as well. So to be honest, gearing up for, you know, those big competitions, it's all just about um, putting the reps in the exact same way as you would do for, for any other competition and just learning how to mentally train your brain to, to know that it, it's just another competition. Sure. And, and what do you do in those big pressure situations when you're on deck? Are you a, a goofball like Heath and I were just always bouncing around, either listening to music or talking to somebody or do you, do you get laser focused? Like what's, how do you deal with that? Yeah, usually I'm pretty serious to be honest. Um, I, I'm definitely not a goofball. Like there's, there's very, very limited dancing or anything like that, but I have actually, you know, I used to be a little bit, I don't want to say worse, but I used to be a little bit too laser focused almost. So I wouldn't really take into account of anything around me, my surroundings, nothing. I would just be uh, kind of me, myself and I, and my coach. And, you know, as I've, I've gotten older, I've kind of learned that that's been a little bit more harmful than good. So now I do take in my surroundings. I watch all the divers, you know, I clap for good dives. So, but as soon as I step foot on the board, everything is just me, my coach, myself and the dive. That's it. Um, sure. but off the board, I, I do take in my surroundings. I just, I'm kind of more serious. <laughs> yeah. I appreciated that Aaron, because the second you asked it, I said, Oh, Sam ne- was never the goofball ever. <laughs> like I, I say this in the most complimentary way ever, but I still like my memories of Sam and training with her was like, Sam was always training for a goal. It was never, Sam did not show up to train to train. It was, she was training for a goal. And that's something I always admired. And I probably should have learned a little bit more at a younger age from her. Um, but so, so (laughs) Sam, what is, what is it like for you? You've had such, I mean, relatively speaking, you've had a really long high level career already. What's it like to go from kind of being the young one to now you're definitely one of the more veteran divers and more experienced divers on this circuit. What's that like for you? Um, I think it's pretty great to be honest, you know, diving is all about experience and the more experience that you have, um, I think the more that you can use from those. And I think now being the, the veteran or, you know, my, my club teammates call me the grandma of the team. Um, (laughs) you know, I think that I can use so many of those different experiences, not only for, for myself, but also to teach the young ones, you know, when I'm, when I'm training with them, there are so many things where I'm like, oh, I wish someone, you know, would have told me that, or I wish I would have trained like that when I was that age or something. Um, so right now it's more about kind of giving back and how can I use my experiences to kind of help those younger gener- the younger generation. And I think if anyone can do it, if you, if you, if you really want to, so Um, I think that's, what's been really, really great being kind of on the older end and now going through so many experiences is now I can give those experiences back. Okay. So I have one, I have one good follow-up for that. What do you do to take care of yourself, to take care of your body? I mean, 
I am 29 and I feel like if I tried to get back on the board, I would break right in half. I know I probably don't take care of my body the way that I used to when I was athletically gifted. Um, but what do you do now to continue to be in diving shape? Cause it's difficult. <laughs> it's, it's definitely difficult and it's very different now being, um, obviously older. It's so much more about recovery. Um, and I didn't really take that into account too much till the last maybe two or three years. Um, when I realized my body doesn't work the same way as these kids that are, you know, 18, 16, 17, who are doing 30 reps of their dives. And I come in and I'm like, Oh, we have five. Wow. Okay. Um, but it's right now, it's so much about just recovery because, you know, if the body doesn't recover, if the mind doesn't recover, the next practice is going to be pretty, pretty poor. So, you know, I have learned that recovery is probably the most important part of my training right now. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So what, um, you know, something I really like watching Sam, cause you do such a good job on social media of kind of posting things here and there of what you're doing. And, and something that sticks out to me is I remember watching you squat with, I think it was like a plate under your heels. And I think it was your coach Omar and he had like an iPad and they were like evaluating literally like the knee bend you were doing. And it's like, to me, I watch you some of those little insights that you give the public. And I'm like, Oh, this is like the quintessential. She is training smarter, not necessarily harder. She's still training hard, but it's definitely training way smarter. Would you think that's like an accurate assessment? Yeah, I think a hundred percent. I mean, that's one thing that I've been learning so much from my coach is that we do everything for to benefit diving. So, you know, it's always, if we're in the weight room, it's okay. What are we going to do to squat, to make your back press a little bit more forward because right now you're too far back. So let's change it up in the weight room where we can make it identical to, to your diving squat, but add more weight. So then when we go, go to the diving board, it's so much easier. So that's what my coach does a lot of, and we do it all the time. He's constantly coming up with kind of these creative ways that are, are good for me because I mean, I'm, I can't do 20 repetitions of a 205, you know, because my body won't let me. So let's go into the weight room. Let's do six squats where you are in the exact right body position. So then when you go up to the board, you can feel it. And so it's been a lot of creating different ways in and out of the pool to, to make the body feel those things. So I don't have to do as many reps. Right. Wonderful. Yeah. All right. I had another question. It's a little off topic, but we're going to go there anyway. What, uh, what was Heath like when he was a young diver, when he was a young kid and he, and do you remember anything about him? Nothing good. (laughs) Nothing good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, actually I do remember. I do remember training with Heath. Um, one of the, one of the big things I remember is he was a very big goofball. Um, but I remember that he was very, very strong and very quick. And I, I, there's a, a few practices where I would get a little bit jealous and kind of frustrated because he would just laugh and do crazy things, but then put an entry on something. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I've been trying to do that for, for three weeks and I haven't been able to do it. And this kid just comes in and he's laughing and playing around doing some weird hurdle or back press. And then he puts a lineup on something and I'm like, Oh, well, maybe I need to be a little bit more of a goofball. (laughs) Um, But I definitely remember him being kind of that crazy kid, always giving our coaches a hard time in kind of like a fun way, not 
not disrespectful or anything, Heath, um, but just definitely always getting the eye roll from, from our coaches and just being like, what the heck? <laughs> so it's, it's funny you mentioned that. So I actually have this extremely vivid memory of you, Sam, that I tell people all the time and I use it to this day. So I, I make it a habit to learn everybody on our team, swimmers and divers names. And I, you might not even remember this. So I remember being on the dry board and this was probably maybe like three or four months into training actually with the team. And like, that was such a big honor. And, and Julian always called me Cameron for the first four months of diving. <laughs> That's what he thought my name was. And I will never forget. I like got off the mat and he's like, good job, Cameron. And you looked at me like, why are you calling him Cameron? And he goes, that's his name. And you go, no, his name's Heath. <laughs> and he looked at me and he's like, why didn't you ever tell me that? And I was like, I don't care what you call me. Like, I'm just here to dive. <laughs> and like, I'm like, I just like vividly remember that in my head. And it's like, oh, why do I remember these weird things? But no, I can tell you that I, I would watch you dive, Sam. And I'm like, oh man, like it, it was always fun watching you dive. Like I always admire just how you like, you were always focused. And like, you would still smile and you would still laugh at, at the stupid stuff that we were doing, like me and JB being stupid. And then there was you and Connor with like real goals and me and JB are like, Doe, can we do synchro today? And she's like, I hate all of you. But, um, but um, so any, anyway, we can get off topic on that. Um, you know, so, so I know right now you're still training. So, you know, what are the future ambitions for you, your goals? Um, do you ever plan to coach more than like a club team? You know, what are your goals as an athlete? And then further on after that. Oh, did you lose me, Sam? I got nothing. I did. Oh, oh okay. there you go. There you go. We're okay. Um, I said, you know, what, what are your goals? You know, moving forward. Can you hear me, Sam? Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Okay. All right. So, so what are your goals moving forward as an athlete? And then once that stage of your, your athletic career, your diving career ends, do you want to continue coaching, move up in the coaching, whether it's college or club, what, what are your goals moving forward with your career? So, um, as an athlete, obviously I've always wanted to make an Olympic team. Um, you know, this, this past cycle wasn't really exactly how I wanted it to end. Um, and so I kind of sat back after trials and I said, okay, what do I really want to do? Do I want to try and do another cycle? Well, then you put into, put it into terms. Well, it's only three, three years instead of four. Um, and I am one of the more veteran divers. So I do have a lot of experience. So can I use that for the next three years to try and make this next Olympic team? And I sat down for a while and I talked it over with my coach and, you know, we're, we're both on board with, with putting another three years in. And if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But, um, you know, my body feels great. And I think that I would, I would be upset if I just ended the way that I did. So whether it's one year, two year or three, um, I definitely want to, to keep going as an athlete with regards to after I'm finished, um, I definitely want to coach for sure. I definitely want to give back to the sport. I never want to leave this sport. So, um, whether it's club coaching or college coaching, I'm not a hundred percent sure yet. I do love coaching the littles. I have a group right now of 11 and unders that I coach. There's a group of six or seven of them. And I absolutely love them. They're fantastic 
kids, you know, and I'm, I'm teaching them to, to love the sport to, you know, do the very basic fundamentals. And I think it's kind of where I love coaching the most. I've worked with older kids, but um, I really do love working with the little ones. So I would, I think definitely want to stay in the club coaching area for a while after I'm done and just kind of see where it goes from there. Love it. And I think you are, you say you like coaching the little ones. I'm like, Oh man, those little kids are going to have the best form of like any team in America. Um, (laughs) So so I just like think of that. And I'm like, that like is a perfect fit. And that I love hearing that you like want to give back because you're, you definitely have to be such an inspiration to all those kids you're coaching just with your work ethic, how you love the sport. Um, You know, one last thing that I wanted to ask before we kind of get into like goofy questions and, and our signature questions is, you know, I knew that you had actually had a pretty serious injury in like high school ages, if I'm not mistaken, um, with your back. Did you ever, you know, do you want to talk to our listeners about, you know, what it was like having a serious injury and coming back from it? You know, what were the challenges you faced? Was it more mental, physical, things like that? Yeah, so definitely I did have a a stress fracture in my back coming out of high school, my last year of high school. Um, And it did follow me a little bit into college. So I think the hardest part for that injury was because I was starting somewhere new. I was going to college. I didn't really want to show that I was injured. I didn't really want to, um, you know, show I was a little bit hurt. So um, the good thing is in college, you know, my freshman year, they want to help you succeed in every possible way. So, you know, I got the best treatment. I got the best doctors when I was a freshman at the University of Arizona. So I think that was, that was super helpful going into my freshman years. I realized that the, the staff there just wanted to help. And so, you know, it was more just kind of getting over this, this back injury and um, just knowing that the University of Arizona was there to help me. Um, after a few years at the university of Arizona, I did have a pretty bad shoulder injury. Um, it was after the 2016 Olympic trials and I did have to get shoulder surgery. I think that was probably the hardest injury that I've been through more because, um, I was a little bit older and coming back the, the physical therapy that I went through didn't really go the way that I wanted. So I was out kind of twice as long as I should have been. And it, for that injury, it was definitely very mental. Um, you know, I, I just kept telling myself, Oh no, I'm getting behind. I'm, I'm not doing these reps. I'm not doing, you know, what I need to be doing. So that's where a lot of my mental training started to take place. And my coach was like, okay, go sit up on the three meters and run through an entire list from start to finish, you know, in my sling, I was in a sling and he's like, just go sit up on the three meters and visualize your dives. And so I started doing so much more mental training and I started to realize, okay, I'm not getting behind physically. Yeah. I'm not doing my dives, but every day I was training my dives mentally. I was coming up with situations on the deck. My coach would be like, okay, right now you just smacked on a two Oh five. What are you going to do? And so I would have to explain, okay, my brain is feeling this. My body is tensing up. Like, how are we going to get through it? So it was a, so much mental training. And I think it actually ended up being, you know, one of those horrible injuries that ended up being very beneficial because I could train mentally. So I think that was, those two injuries were definitely my biggest, but the shoulder injury really helped me train my brain. Yeah. 
Wonderful. Thank you, Sam. I can, uh, I can totally relate to that. A very similar situation, both with my back and my shoulder. I had a surgery as well. So that was cool to hear you talk almost essentially exactly how I process things as well was do the mental reps. And it's really important for people to li- that are listening right now to not only do those mental reps if you're injured, but think about it when you're healthy too. You know, we all have a little bit of an off season, whether it's the club season or high school, like myself or college, there's always a little bit of an off season. Take that time to do those mental reps because then when you come back, you'll be stronger than ever. And, and I can say the same as, as you mentioned, when I came back from a couple injuries, I felt like I was diving better than I ever had. And I was just thinking about it more. Um, so we're going to do a little bit of a rapid fire. We did this first with Joel Williams and it was kind of fun. Um, so I'm going to ask just a question and first answer that comes to your head might be one word and we'll go on from there. So Sam, would you rather see a good top on a dive or a good bottom? Good top. Okay. And what's worse seeing crimped knees or flexed feet? Flexed feet. Okay. Uh, what do you prefer backs or reverses? Reverses. Nice. Uh, what do you prefer pike save or knee save? Knee save. Okay. And would you rather go short on a dive or over? Over. Okay. And when you're watching, do you prefer seeing pretty divers or power divers? Power. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Perfect. I love it. So I'm going to get into my signature questions here. Uh, The one that I ask everybody and kind of my favorite question is what's your favorite failure or just your best learning experience? It could be diving. It could be life. Oh, goodness. Okay. Um, I think that probably one of my most favorite, I would say, learning experiences has been um, I don't want to say this in a, in a bad way, but um, this whole past year and a half going through um, COVID, the COVID situation, I think that it has been obviously extremely tough on everybody. And it has been kind of one of those things where you take a step back and you're like, okay, um, you know, what do we have that's good here? What, what can we bring? Because there's so many people right now that are going through very tough situations. So it kind of took us, it, it kind of stopped time almost. And it was like, okay, what can we learn from this experience? Because there's obviously something that we need to learn from this. And I think that's been something really, really important this past year um, has been just to kind of slow down and just realize that, you know, everybody was going through something extremely difficult. And how are we going to look at this a different way where we can use it to, you know, be, be positive or give something back And I think that we saw it from everywhere. You know, when I went to the World Cup, we were in a very small bubble. We couldn't go out of our hotel. We couldn't do anything. It was very, very secluded. And, you know, I kind of took a step back and I looked around and I was like, everybody is in the same boat. Everybody is going through this horrible situation. 
and everybody's trying to do the best they can. So let's try to bring some positivity to this and positive, you know, vibes. So, you know, we would go into our pool and we'd all be in our masks and we'd have, you know, a fun mask day where you bring in your favorite mask or you wear your favorite mask, something, you know, positive where we would see somebody, you know, someone light up or, or do something that, you know, maybe at home they're struggling because they're, they can't get out of their house or something. So I think one of the biggest things that I've learned is to try and look at this situation in a more positive way where we can kind of come together, we can bond, we can, you know, look at it from a different perspective. And I think that, um, I think that was one of the biggest things that I've learned over this past year is, okay, everyone's going through the same situation. Let's, let's all go through it together. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And then uh, another question you've been at all the, the, you've been at the top level at the world cup. You've been at the top level in our nation. What can we do as a country to improve, whether that's, you know, on the global scale, you know, are there, are there things that we do or don't do that we can just improve upon as a country in diving? You know, I think one of the biggest things, and it's one of the biggest things I've learned from my coach, my coach is from, from Mexico. So um, I've learned a lot of um, cultural things from him as well. So, you know, when my very first international competition, I went to, um, I went with him and he was like, okay, go up to the other three meter competitors and start talking to them. And I'm like, what? I don't, I can't do that. What are you talking? Like, here I am just, you know, Wee Sam just at her first international competition. And my coach is like, no, you belong here. You need to go up. You need to introduce yourself. And I think it's one of the things I see less in the U.S. is when we go to these international competitions, we kind of want to stay with our with our own country. We want to, you know, just talk with the with our fellow USA competitors and stuff like that. And I think it's one thing we can improve on is just kind of opening up as a as a country and, you know, going up and just talking to the other three meter divers or the other platform divers that are from different countries, because I think we can learn a lot, you know, even just by talking to them. Um, I was, when I was at the world cup, we had our practice with Japan and I opened up a conversation with super famous Ken Terrier, Ken Teriyuchi, and he speaks English and he, I did a drill and he was like, Oh, good. And I was like, Oh my gosh, he just told me one of my drills is good. Like, and it just kind of opened up this conversation about, okay, like he saw one of my drills was good. So then I kept watching him, him and I was like, oh, why do you do that? And he would explain it. So I think it's something we can improve on for sure. It's just opening up more when we travel. It's just looking around, talking with more people, because I think we can learn a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I mean, that's we keep saying it. That's literally why we started this whole thing was to keep asking people, why do you do this? What things do you like to do? Cause it just keeps us building our knowledge and hopefully for the people listening, it can help them as well. Um, so, you know, my first question that I always ask, speaking of drills, what is your favorite drill to do, Sam? Oh, I think we, you got me, Sam. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry. So what is your favorite drill to do? Um, let's see in the water or outside of the water, <laughs> where, wherever you wish. Um, I would say probably in the water. We do, uh, a lot of 
well, we, we do a lot of triple bouncing. Um, we triple bounce pretty much everything, every one of our dives before we add it to a hurdle. And so, you know, in the beginning of the season, I think one of my favorite drills is probably triple bouncing reverse one and a halves on three meter. We do them tuck and pike. And I think just spotting and connection timing, come out sequence. I think it's probably one of my favorite drills. Awesome. I got to be honest. That's my favorite one to watch. Every time I go to a big meet and I see warmups and they're not throwing their optional lists and warmups. So a lot of times this it's a bounce around and it's a spotting drill. And I saw Jordan Wendell do one on one meter. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, yeah. They're definitely really fun. And I think they're super useful. So, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, we, we started doing a lot of two bounce and three bounce stuff at Clarion this year. We didn't really do a lot of it under the previous coach. And I told all the divers, I said, all right, guys, we're going to start with two bouncing front vol. Then we'll go to gainer vol. We'll do twisters. You would have swore. I told them they had to run through a wall. Like their eyes just went like this. So like, wait, we have to two bounce everything. And I'm like, yeah, yep. We're going to learn to do that. So, um, <laughs> it was, it was really fun. I see how it's helping them. Um, so what is the best advice you have either given or received, Sam? <laughs> um, I think one of the biggest things that I've taken and that I've been trying to give back is that our sport, everybody's human, you know, every single diver, no matter if you're an Olymp five-time Olympic champion or, you know, one of the kids that I'm coaching right now who just joined the team, everybody is human and everybody is going to have a bad day. And I think that's so important to remember in our sport that, you know, is such a fear driven sport and there's so much fear in our sport and, and there can be so many pressure situations, but everybody's human and we're all going to have good and bad days. And I, I think that's something that I take both in and out of the pool, because I am such a perfectionist outside of the pool as well yeah, with coaching, with everything I do, but you know, I'm going to have those bad days where it's like, Oh, well, I, you know, this wasn't good, whatever, but I'm a human. So tomorrow's going to be better. So I think it's something that I received, you know, my coach told it to me many years ago and I was like, well, I want to be better, you know? And I didn't really kind of listen to it until most recently. And I was, he was like, so you're a human being, right? I'm like, yeah, actually. And now I tell my kids all the time when they are scared to do a dive and it takes them, you know, three weeks to get it off. I'm like, it's okay. You're human. And this is our sport. So tomorrow let's try again. Um, so I think that's definitely been one of the things that I keep in the front of my brain. That, uh, that just makes me so happy to hear because I, I was, Aaron and I were just talking about an athlete I'm working with and she has like one bad dive and it's the end of the world. And it's like, Oh, I keep telling her the same things your coach told you. And I'm like, all right, it just takes time. It just takes time. Um, you know, so the last question I have for you, Sam, is who would you like to hear us interview next? Um, I think that, let's see, <laughs> oh goodness. I, I feel bad saying it because maybe you already mentioned it, but I really think that you should interview Cassidy Krug. <laughs> that's okay. No, we are, uh, that's, that's on the agenda and we are very, very excited. Is that, uh, you know, I, I don't, I assume that that was a pretty big role model for you. 
Um, but can you maybe talk just real briefly about that, how you looked up to her? Maybe, I don't know if that was how it worked out at Pitt, but if that's the case, can you elaborate? Yeah, I think that she was definitely one of my biggest mentors growing up. You know, she would, I would see her at the pool and I would just be like, man, I want to be like her. I want to do the things she's doing because she was so strong, but she was also very graceful. And I was like, I want to be like her when I'm older. And when she made the Olympic team in 2012, I think I cried for about a week straight because I was so excited. Um, just because I had been watching her career in 2008, she went through a pretty gnarly injury and it, it, she didn't make the team. So I was so heartbroken for her and I just wanted to see her succeed. And I just, she's such a great person, always trying to help. And she just stayed humble through the entire process. And I think that's one of the things I really looked up to was just, she was just such a class act and it has always been. And so I just always looked up to her. And when she, when she made the team, I just was, I couldn't even speak. <laughs> That's awesome. And on, honestly, before, before Aaron uh, takes us out, uh, I hope you know that you are that to a lot of young ladies around the country. So, <laughs> so I, you know, I, you, you laugh when I say that, but I feel very confident to say there are a lot of young ladies in our country that really, really look up to you. So it's nice. It has to be nice to know you made that kind of impact well, I, on somebody else. I really appreciate that. And I, and I hope that, you know, I can continue to do that because, you know, this is such an amazing sport and it can give, it gives so many opportunities. So um, I do appreciate you saying that and, and hopefully I can continue to, to be in the sport. All right. For anybody else listening out there, hit us up on Instagram. We are at the diving pod and our email is the diving pod at gmail.com t-shirts and hoodies on cowingrobards.com. Enter the code dive pod at checkout. You get a free shipping on that anywhere in the country. I'll send you a little message as well. I've been doing that with everybody's orders. Um, just once again, thank you, Sam. Thanks for joining us. It was a pleasure to finally meet you and, uh, and hear what you had to say about our, all of our favorite sports. So thanks again. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it so much. All right. We'll see you next time.